The following program is not appropriate for young humans or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Canadian Pirate Cast has no sponsors and is filmed before a live studio audience. Our backs are sore from sailing all day. This is the Canadian Piratecast. Welcome uh, to any returning viewers or new viewers. Thank you for stopping by and listening to what we have to say. Um, I am your show host, Captain Beckham Kid, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Quartermaster Gummy Bear. Um, this is our first official episode of the Canadian Piratecast. So, again, just um, we want to start off with. Um, Kind of a bit of a, I guess a bit of a happy, on a happy note, is that uh, you may have heard in our most, our last episode, we're no longer sponsored by China. So we're no longer founded on child labor, which is fantastic. Just a a good feeling. Um, I I feel cleaner moving forward. How about you, Gummy Bear? It's the best news I've heard all day. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get rid of my smartphone, but like our podcast feels better now, at least. (laughs) We're so ethical. (laughs) Canada Pirate Gas, child labor free since 2021. <laughs> <laughs> um, going forward, though, and that was a joke, people. So let's 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 not get our panties in a knot here, okay? We're we want to make jokes, and we'll get into that in a second here. But like, um, essentially, we want to start off with our mission statement or what we want to do with our um, with our program. Um, and I guess we'll start with what I was writing on. I was working on this until like 1230 last night because I was super excited just to be um, starting this project with like Gummy Bear. Um, and she's going to kind of, this obviously, our mission statement will be up for change as time goes on and stuff like that. But this is what we, I think, I feel like this is a good starting point. Um, we are a Canadian variety show that want to discuss local and provincial news while also delving into other topics that interest us. And making jokes about everything we find funny. We want to do this. We fund our own show. We openly accept any sponsorship from Bigfoot Donuts, our local donut shop in in uh, Comox Valley, and Corny. Um, please give me free donuts to review and praise. Our show is recorded in a small studio slash bedroom that we edit and then upload into the void. Um. We want to do this because, honestly, the world was messed up before the pandemic, and it still will be after. And um, we think an important thing about that is just discussing events and being transparent about our sources, our biases, and our inexperience. Um, Our goal is to entertain our listeners while spreading awareness about the world around us um, with open conversations. Um, And, uh, yeah, and that's just kind of what we want to start with. Gummy Bear, how does that seem like a good starting point for our uh, show? Yes, it sounds like exactly what we've discussed and planned. That sounds like, yeah, roughly. Only we've only been planning this for two months. <laughs> so, <laughs> finishing up school and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and just going into, uh, we already did a bit of an introduction segment in um, our interviews uh, in our last episodes. But um, just kind of being clear about just kind of, again, who we are as... Um, as uh, people. So um, 
My name is Captain Beckham Kid. I, uh, I'm kind of, I would say that I'm, I'm probably biased towards like left, but even I'd say that's more, I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative, I would say. I've turned into my dad. Um, that can, uh, that can be as a thing. I'm not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) Not sure how anyone feels about turning into their parents, but I, um, I feel sound about that. And, uh, and again, though, my, I'm, I'm always changing my mind about stuff though. Cause like, you know, you get new information and things change and stuff like that though. Um, but it's kind of, uh, that's about think where I stand on that, on those issues. Um, my background with work is nothing political or news-based. I, uh, I used to be a cook or I'm still a cook, so to speak. And I want to go into, uh, I want to be a social worker. I'm going to school for that right now. Um, and I'd like to just do this show more because I think this is, this is really fun. I'm having a lot of fun with this. Gummy bear. Hello, I'm Gummy Bear. Yes, you are. What's going on in uh, your with your phone? <laughs> oh, I was just looking up something about what I wanted to say. That's okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's fine. It's just like it's, you said this immediately guilty feeling on your face as you picked up your phone in the middle of our podcast and you're like, oh, I'm oh. just I'm actually my face is because I'm trying not to laugh. You can laugh at my own jokes that I haven't even said yet. You're allowed to laugh at. I think it's it's fun to laugh at your own jokes. It's it's important to think you're funny because somebody has to. Hopefully, other people think you're funny too. Hopefully. What do you have to say about your uh, biases and backgrounds? Um, Hi, I'm a gummy bear. (laughs) I think I'm funny, and I think I like pina coladas. Getting caught in the rain. I guess you could say technically I'm made out of a horse and sugar, so that's interesting. You had horses that went to the glue factory? I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> oh, what's happening? What are you? <laughs> I thought, silence your phone, Gummy Bear. I, we were just talking about I didn't about this. even mean to press on anything. <laughs> is, I, just, is your phone silenced, though? It is. I just accidentally pressed on a YouTube video. Um, okay, but uh, anyway. <laughs> My apologies. It's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, though. So, we want to kind of go into our first segment, then. Um, Captain's Kitchen. Arrgh. Yo, oh, all together, hoist the colors high, <laughs> heave ho, thieves <laughs> and beggars, never shall we die. Welcome back to the Canadian Pirate Cast. We're going to open up our next segment with uh, the Captain's Kitchen. Um, in this segment, we're going to talk about uh, food, whatever we deem food worthy and we're talking about. By we, I mean me. So. It's Captain's Kitchen after all. <laughs> yes. As we believe. <laughs> okay, I wanted to make a joke about reinforcing gender stereotypes, but I didn't think that would go over well. So I feel like I have to explain it to not get in trouble. Yeah. Yes, this is the world we live in now. Isn't this great? We can't have fun. God forbid. No, let's just 
We are having fun. I'm having fun, but I can't. But I can't have fun by making fun of whatever I want to, whenever I want to. By the way, Gummy Bear, I must say, he'd be much prettier if you smiled more. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> that was a joke, okay? That's a joke, folks. I want to be very clear about that. I. It's a joke because we're laughing. I know, but I just want to say. We are that laughing. It's, it's my. <laughs> she's not. You're not under under duress. That's my favorite joke. Is it's like such a rude thing to say to anybody, <laughs> but the fact that like it just got the okay for the longest time. I just love. I think it's kind it of. Really okay. is. It's. That's. I think that's, that's what's funny about it. It's terrible. It's not nice. But uh, again, that's just me satiring things. Although I don't think that's redeemable. So I guess not really satiring. But so. In the captain's kitchen today, I would like to discuss shortbread. Because I tried my hand at making some shortbread. Delicious. The other day, or last night at, oh god, it was at 10 o'clock at night. It's a new recipe Hopefully delicious. Hopefully. We'll find out. All right. Gummy Bear is going to be my tester for this. I'm going to eat some of this shortbread. That I just passed her, that I promise isn't edible. So this is Scottish shortbread with three three ingredients. It's just brown sugar, flour, and butter. Wow. It is not the best shortbread I've ever had, but again, like I'm not a good baker. So I and like so this is my first time making it, I know how I do it better already. Mm-hmm. They have to be bigger pieces and slightly undercooked. That's the perfectness of it. Like the best mm-hmm. way to do it. And that's why I packed us the best ones. Yeah, as a baker, I mean like it's it's got a really good texture. It's not too sweet, which I like. It could be like flakier. How would you make it flakier? Because I, I'm like I'm not the Corn baker. Cornstarch. Cornstarch. So just add like a little sub bit. Sub up a little. Flour. Sub some of your flour with cornstarch. Yeah, it'd be a little, a little bit more of a bitter, better type. You know what this reminds me of a little bit is almost like biscotti because it's a little tougher and it's not so sweet it's almost like a biscotti instead of a shortbread okay if you threw in some cornstarch it would be like really flaky i'm wondering if uh and again like i want to try there's salt in here right no no salt oh this is just three ingredients this is like so this is the so maybe like a pinch of salt though (laughs) yeah well I, i was thinking that too but you know like so my rule whenever i'm trying a new recipe okay so here's my issue so i when i make a recipe for the first time i try to follow it thoroughly because I don't know how it's going to turn out until I see how it turns out I won't know what I want to change about that but that's nowadays it's more only for baking because baking is like closer to a chemistry so like you want to follow that to the T and not tinker around with that if you don't understand chemistry which I am not good at chemistry but like when I'm reading a regular cooking recipe online like a pulled pork recipe or like I'm making succotash I edit it right away. I read it and I immediately change shit. I'm like, I would do this differently and this because like, I understand the science of cooking more from like my experience, my job. And I'm able to do that, but I don't have that same confidence with baking. And like my coworker, um, she is always like, Oh, I don't even read recipes. I just throw things in with my hands and she makes amazing stuff. And I don't know how to do that, but that's like you're baking for 30 years and you get that kind of ability. Um, yeah, you can eyeball things really well. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, for this, uh, I want to, I'll do a really quick read of this recipe here, because what surprised me with this is just how easy this is. So I'm curious about your opinion on this. I got this from, like, an easy 150 squares book, very generic one, called, it's called Scottish Shortbread 4. Um, it's two cups of butter, one cup of packed brown sugar, and four and a half cups of all-purpose flour. Cream the butter and brown sugar, then you add about three to three and a quarter cups of flour in there and mix it well. 
Then you sprinkle the rest of the flour on a counter um, and then put the butter and sugar on top of that and just kind of knead it in for about five minutes. And like when it, once it's fully combined, knead it for about five minutes. And it's just like a really smooth chill dough. And then after that, you roll it into like a um, half inch thickness. Uh, use a cutter or uh, you can use a butter knife or a dough cutter. Cut it into these strips and just kind of get it off into a baking sheet. Then you bake it at... Um, 325 for okay so the recipe is at 20 to 25 minutes but i did it for like the best ones came out at like 18 or 17 like a little bit under because mm. like the carrier over finishes it so like the There's first no egg in it so you don't have to worry too much that totally so it's um so yeah like it was uh when they were slightly under they turned out better um yes so that's what, uh, and I made that made about 43 of these. And the, again, that was, uh, some of them were smaller than they should have been because I didn't know how it was going to bake off. So I'd make thicker ones and slightly underdo them. I think it'd be mint. Some interesting thoughts about hearing what the recipe is that I, after eating one? One last detail, I had to dock them with a fork. Sorry, that's super important. Okay. Now I'm, I'm done. Go on. Um, would be that, um... That's a lot more sugar than I was expecting to be in the recipe for how sweet it is. Is that a lot? Uh, for shortbread, absolutely. Because, like, my cookie recipe has, like, another half cup of sugar in it, so that's intense. That's fine. Uh, yeah, using brown sugar is interesting in shortbread. I mean, it's Scottish or whatever, and it's, it's still really tasty. And the texture is good. Could be better for a shortbread. But I would say that that is a lot of sugar to be in a shortbread. And for having, and it's weird that it doesn't taste very sweet. The method that you were mentioning about um, doing it on the counter like that is, is super interesting and different. Well, the recipe said cutting board, but I thought that would be kind of like, that didn't seem like enough space. So I just I went yeah. to the counter. Um, I wasn't nitpicking that. That's very interesting. Usually, like, uh, shortbread is, like, very much, like, whipped. Okay. And then chilled, because it's a formed dough. Did you chill it? No. I know, sorry, I wasn't, I didn't think you were criticizing me Maybe that's different, because it's, it, this does seem to be a bit thicker of a recipe, especially with brown sugar being involved, but, and you're kneading it, where usually I would, like, it would all be kind of more, like, whipped together, and then you, and then put into the fridge. Okay. Um, because there's a different because there's drop dough and then there's with cookies there's drop dough and then there's uh, form dough which usually has to be chilled where you're forming it. What's drop dough? I learned where you basically in school scoop and I it. Forgot. You scoop you scoop the dough and you just it drops and then it, and then basically when it cooks it's gonna form out it's gonna melt out and then rise. Okay. Whereas a form dough you form you're forming the shape more or less before. And it's it will rise and 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 expand a bit, but it's mostly going to keep its form. Okay, so like chocolate chip cookies would be a drop dough, yes. and sugar cookies would be a form dough. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I just had to throw my phone into a fish tank. The vibration was so bad. <laughs> and a splash. Splash. I know. Throw it off the side of our ship. <laughs> no need for a ship on the. Wait. <laughs> no need for ship. No need for a phone on the high seas. That's true. No need for a phone on the high seas. I I agree. We just need two kitties. 
Tippy. Just Tippy and Stubby. The best kitties ever. Yeah, the best. All right, and moving on to the next thing, though, with, um... This is, like, one more, um, weird baking recipe, and I don't want to go too deep into this for, like, time reasons, but this was so weird, I wanted to try it, and I want your opinion on these. These are called chow mein noodles. What? <laughs> five second roll, five second roll. Give me a new one. <laughs> you don't trust your own floors? No. I would. I, I agree, I wouldn't eat off your floors either. I haven't mopped in here in a while. Yeah. So these are, these are weird. So these are like dried out chow mein noodles with... Oh my God, are there actually noodles in this? Chow mein noodles, dried coconut. Um, I think that one that you grabbed has chopped pecans in it. Although um, the recipe called for walnuts. I just didn't have walnuts. And I subbed out oats in another one just to see oh if I can God. get away with it. And um, it's, also, it's melted chocolate and butterscotch tossed together. What do you think? Captain, this is a spectacular way of reusing ingredients. Seriously? Yes. Okay, because I made it because I thought it was so weird. I was like, it's I just want to talk weird, about this. It's super weird, but like, imagine, like, this is, this is the perfect example of waste not, want not. Okay. Especially well, on, on a ship in the middle of the ocean. That's true. Okay. Well, if you're on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Oh my god. Okay, fine. Well, actually, I have the recipe. I can talk about it or just like quickly. This rip is it super. Off. I can't believe I'm eating noodle, crunchy ass chocolatey noodles right now. This is delicious. Okay, so this was. This is also very easy to make. This is how I, I made both of these last night because they're just kind of like you did one while it's in the oven and the other one's like a melt recipe. So you take some just leftover chow mein noodles. And, um, you, they have to make sure they're dry. So if they're kind of like the, if they're kind of like, um, if they have a little bit of moisture in them, just put them in the oven at like a low temperature, um, say between 250 and 300 and just kind of try dry and crisp them out. Do you have something to say, Gummy Bear? Um, yeah, just so anyone who might be listening knows, um, he does, he, I'm pretty sure he doesn't mean like leftover Chinese food. Oh, plain. Chow mein noodles. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So plain noodles. I'm talking about <laughs> like plain... Like you would buy in a grocery That's store. Fair. Yeah. And not the kind that you would... I mean, maybe you could do that with like old noodles that you somehow dried out safely, food safely, which I don't think you could do. But um, yeah, I just want ev okay, everyone so to know that. I want to I... interject and just like preface that, you know. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a good detail, I should say. Yeah. Plain noodles. So... Chow mein noodles. If you have from, plain... From the store that he made at home. Sorry, I'm trying. That's... I'm sorry, you and I have a big issue. We, we both try, always talk over each other. I'm so sorry. We, I, I'm so sorry about that. Um, you're right. So plain chow mein noodles. They, uh, ideally, they could be dried like the kind you buy from the store. And then um, if they're stale, though, um, you use them up that way. But also, just if you had any that were like the frozen kind that have moisture in them. That's the kind I had to use. But the frozen ones, and those ones, when you thaw them, they're a bit, they have a bit more, like, moisture in them. So they're a bit more, like, um, what's the word? Loose? So I dried them out in the oven a bit, so they're a bit toasted. Um, so I did that for, like, uh, 250, 300. I checked them every 10, 20 minutes or so. I think it took about half an hour to 40 minutes. But once they're dry, so you just crunch them up, and it's about a cup and a half of dried, plain chow mein noodles. A cup of chopped... I use pecans, but it would also be good with walnuts. 
Um, and then now the recipe called for a cup of flaked coconut, but I did half a cup of flaked coconut and half a cup of regular coconut. And um, then the for the chocolate part of it, it's one cup of butterscotch butterscotch chips and one cup of semi-sweet chocolate chips. So first you just combine the nuts, coconut, and noodles all in a bowl. Crunch it up and get it all like nice and mixed up. And then melt the chocolate chips in a double boiler. Um, and I'm going to, for anybody that doesn't know how to melt chocolate, or maybe you don't have a double boiler, because um, I don't, um, essentially you just take a pot, and if you have a metal bowl that's um, ideally form-fitting to the pot, it's better if the bowl is like that you ideally want the edge of the bowl to be meeting the edge of the pot because the problem is that when heat is rising up the side of your bowl when you're melting chocolate any area of metal that's exposed outside of the pot is going to be excessively hot and if your chocolate touches that then it'll get burnt and that'll ruin like all of your chocolate so because and like when you're melting chocolate low and slow is the way you got to go I didn't mean to rhyme, but I'm very happy with that. Um, so you take a form-fitting bowl and you with some, a pot with some water in it, and you don't want it even like boiling or simmering. You want it like just steaming, essentially. So I would just bring the water to a boil, turn it on, turn it down to low, put the pot over top of it or in, in it, and then wait a couple minutes. Then throw your chocolate in, and then just stir it. And I don't know, turn on a podcast, maybe this one, and just like chill and stir your chocolate while it like slowly melts. And when your chocolate is, I don't know if it'll get completely melted because butterscotch is kind of weird because it's not really a chocolate. It's kind of like a weird sugar thing. Um, so it might not completely melt. But when it's like mostly melted, you know, like it'll all look like regular chocolate with like little clumps in there. Um, you want to scoop that. You want it, or then you want to take your dry ingredients. <clears throat> oh, sorry. No, I have a very specific order about this. So first you want to take a pan and put out a sheet of parchment paper into this pan. And make sure this pan will fit in your fridge because that's where it's going to have to be for, for overnight. Then you're going to want to remove the bowl of chocolate from the pot. Now, there's going to be a bunch of water or uh, moisture on the underside of that too. And you don't want to get that like into your tray or anything like that. Because um, having water under there is bad for that chocolate. So just I'd have a cloth ready at a time just to kind of quickly dry the underside of your chocolate pot. Then you're going to want to... Um, pour your dry ingredients into your chocolate, mix it around with a spatula until everything's thoroughly coated, and then spread that as evenly as you can into this sheet pan with the parchment paper. Cover it, um, either in another pan or some saran wrap, and leave it in your fridge overnight. Um, and then the next day, pull it out and break it into chunks. Um, don't use a knife. I did that, and it kind of broke into more crumbly pieces. So I'd say try to just, I think it'll break easier with your hands. Um... Yeah, and it, uh, I guess it turned out better than I thought because I ended up talking about it. I just wanted to make it because I thought it sounded like a weird recipe with chow mein and chocolate, and I was like, I kind of want to try that. It really is kind of like a super extra crunchy macaroon. Um, and I feel like it would come in handy somehow if you needed to reuse chow mein noodles before they went bad. Although that's not the case here. If you were just in that really specific situation, then then it's great. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, you could probably make most of that over a fire and in a bowl, so... Mm -hmm. 
it's just it's a, it's almost like a survival recipe like maybe not melting chocolate over a fire that'd probably be hard because the fire might be so intense well no that... because you don't have to sit it there you could hold a pot and then stir and take it away oh from yeah fair. If you need oh god yeah it's like how they used to make ice cream back <laughs> in the day like you know think about that like they used to functionally be able to do that camping improvise improvisation um yeah well that's kind of that's like the theme i got if we're gonna if we could end captain captain's kitchen on uh, just a quick thing because uh the theme i'd like kind of for the segment in general is kind of good ways to maybe save money or kind of excuse me make a uh cost effective um recipe because i'm um as a cook i have a thing and i know that everyone is not in the same boat as me but i almost never eat out because I just kind of, this might be a bit of an arrogance thing, but more or less, like, I only want to eat out if it's something I can't make myself. If yeah. I feel like I can make it, like, I'll even take something slightly less good, but I made myself over something, be like, a little bit better than that that I paid for. But, like, so that's why, like, local place I love is Nikkei Ramen, because um, I can't make ramen properly. Um, it's There's so much work into that. Nikkei Ramen, yeah, thank you. Nikkei Ramen, yeah. Oh, he changed it now, sorry. Did he? Well, I thought it, wait, was it, has it always been ya? Yes. Oh, sorry about that. Ya. Okay, sorry. Nikkei Ramen Ya. Sorry about that. Um, shout out to his uh, new appetizer, the karagage, the fried chicken, was which was it really was good. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to just home cooking is, yeah, I want to, I would like to just help people, hopefully just give any kind of advice I can from my experience with this, with just trying to save money with food and cooking. Because I, I do believe in supporting local restaurants and all that, and we all should be doing that. Like, if you can, you feel safe, and you have a business company you care about or a business you care about. But then if you also want to just take care of yourself, build your own skill set, or save your own money, then I also want to give people that option, too, so that you can do it if you want to, which I just think is a good, empowering thing to do. Um, plus, you know, like, it's like your partner loves it if you cook for them. Like, if you if you want to find someone to date you, like, does this goes across, doesn't matter what gender you are, if you can functionally cook, that is something that somebody will want to date you for. So that's just one more thing to help you be less lonely in this world. In my opinion. Quick philosophy, though, um, before we take a break here. Um, gummy bear, what is, in your opinion, the best cost-effective cheese somebody could buy um from just kind of a general uh, 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 a regular grocery store for making a quesadilla definitely cheddar cheddar is definitely always going to be the cheapest as it is the most common what kind though brand oh brand well marble cheddar like which kind typically Why? grocery stores own brands are the cheapest but sometimes you'll be surprised that I'm sure I'm sure anyone who does groceries, which it's probably everybody, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes brand names, there'll be a surplus and then the grocery store has to put them on sale. Mm -hmm. Superstore I've seen has the best in town, has the best deals on cheese when they do. But then you also have to watch out because I've seen some moldy ones in there. But but yeah, no, um, I, I, I guess across like all grocery stores that i have been to in the valley um cheddar no matter what brand no matter if it's on sale or not is is usually the cheapest and it's always going to be the cheapest the more you buy it once mm -hmm. like per per gram or whatever 
um, if you buy like a, I don't usually do this myself because I just don't have room for it, but if you buy the, the, those really big blocks, that's going to be the best cheese for your money for longevity and like, mm-hmm. um, if you eat a lot of cheese anyway. <laughs> yeah. And if like, obviously a helpful thing with that would be just having a lot of recipes cook with it too. Cause like, if you're just making grilled cheeses with it, then you probably, and you're only you're one probably person. not going to want to get that all through that um and, and that's and that's good that's and that's sound advice and i don't know like i said it's my my thing is i i find it's good to be a pirate at the grocery store don't be married to a single brand because no. there's always something on sale so if you're willing to be flexible with what brand you're willing to buy you will always be able to don't buy, what's buy on sale. pre-grated cheese never buy pre-grated Do cheese not. is just the buy a biggest grater, fucking rip just off buy a grater and if you feel like it's too hard to clean you gotta just rinse the grater with hot water as soon as you're done and it will be like magic cleaning it later it won't be difficult to scrub the cheese off it'll save you a lot of money it's really doesn't take a lot of time to grate cheese do not buy pre-grated cheese that is welcome thank you for listening to my ted talk yeah no i agree with that pre-grated cheese is a huge ripoff i would say don't even like oh you only need to buy a box grater if you're like a cook and you want to do a lot of things with different cheeses but if you just want like a general grater, just buy a single hand one. I have one hand one that is not a box. I just like one side, grates it. I've had it for years. I barely use anything else because I cut everything else with a knife. So I, that's what I recommend with that. And last thing I want to touch on with just uh, my favorite thing though, because if you are, if you want to treat yourself and have a little bit of a better cheese than that, um, then just like say a big cheddar brand cheese um and you're like me then you want to go to the go to the dairy section of the grocery store they always have a variety of ones on sale um typically like it's always the case so you can always find a nice cheese for sale again if you're willing to be flexible if you want to try some new stuff um like that's one of my favorite things um just for that kind of thing that's where i got the english tickler because we got like i got like Sorry, just one thing. I got like half a pound of that for 15 bucks. It was dope. And it's like a cheddar, so it like lasts a long time too. Um, just one quick thing about the cheese. Also, since you were asking me about like buying buying cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck light cheese in general. What the hell is light cheese? Like they, it's like, it'll be have like 25% less fat and it's awful. That sounds, well, like fat what's the, what's the point? Isn't bad for you. That sounds, that's like, yo, that's like, um, fro it's yo. Awful. like what's it the point? It basically is plastic. And also on that note, um, I was talking about different brands or like, don't be married to a brand, you know, all that stuff. Um, uh, just also fuck Walmart cheese, fuck Walmart brand cheese. It's bad. And, and I won't buy it at the end. <laughs> well walmart it's is the not... only cheese where i'm like eh no well walmart's not where you go for quality like that's like I... a fine thing but like walmart is not the don't store really that's like there. that's the quality one no i'm gonna say don't shop there but i no, don't no. usually buy food there well i never got buying food from walmart because like they're uh they're like a department store kind of a thing that sells like cheap shit which is like i i don't get like sure they i know that why they do food because they want to expand their their thing but it's like i would never buy food i try not to buy food from walmart this because is a huge other not... conversation but they screw over farmers that they work with and i've read a lot about some of their practices with the farmers that they source from what walmart mistreats people that work for it no this way might be like a whole other conversation oh man fucking revolution we should, we should take a break now <laughs> i've never heard of that before did, did you guys know that walmart mistreats his employees <laughs> fuck 
the more well, you know. The farmers aren't their employees. They're just sourcing their food from there. And they have these weird... Like I said, this is a whole... I would like, actually... I would this like, is a huge rabbit hole that we probably shouldn't get into right now. Okay. I would love to talk about that at a different time, though. Let's delve into that in a different episode, because I'm, I'm interested in that now. Because uh, I actually have a whole <laughs> thing about, like produce waste from grocery stores where i don't get me wrong i appreciate living in a first world and able to have an abundance of grocery store things at my fingertips but there's a large amount of waste that comes from that and i'm less okay with that and i i would like to just see more action towards going fixing that but that's for that's for a different day um so we'll just end this segment for now um and we'll get a hear a quick uh ad read from our sponsors um and we'll see you guys after the break Hey, this is Captain Kidd from the Canadian Piracast, and just a quick message from our sponsors. We are sponsored by the Mazzy Yazda Engine Mobile Company, and uh, the uh, 2021 Mazzy Yazda KYGY. It is estimated by its uncertainty, judged by the motion of its stillness. It is arbitrated by the fluidity of its richness, and it gives its voyager the aged wisdom of youth. The 2021 Mazzy Yazda, or KYGY, Vroom Vroom. And now we have um, feedback from one of, from an actual customer, um, who, uh, how they feel about their Mazzy Yazda. It's super fast. You hear that? Super fast. 2021 Mazzy Yazda, KYGY. It's a car. Vroom Vroom. (laughs) <laughs> Fru <Fru-fru>, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't know what I'm doing with my hand, but we're back. So, welcome back to the show. Welcome this is back. this is the Canadian Pirate Cast. Moving on to our next segment. Um, I, sorry, I don't know how to introduce this because it was like a thing but uh it's called local waters and it's uh this is our local new island news um segment essentially so we're gonna be talking about new things happening on vancouver island um in this area um this is gonna be spearheaded by gummy bear as she is much more well informed than i am in the happenings of our locale um I guess I'll just give a bit of an intro saying that um, there's lots of, like, violence everywhere. Gummy bear. Well, I wanted to start up by saying that we are specifically within Vancouver Island local news. So today we're going to we're going to be focusing on specifically North Island communities and an uptick that I've noticed in in just general crime, but also, more concerningly, violent crime. There is a lot more violent crime also happening in Southern Island communities as well, which are home to our bigger cities, like Victoria and Nanaimo. But there's always a lot more that has been going on down there than there has been here, as they have a higher population, and that's just how it is in general. Um, I'm a lifelong 
Islander, most uh, other than a couple years in the Sunshine Coast. And I have noticed that in the last couple years, well, more than that, a lot like the last five years or so, there has been slightly increasing um, homelessness, crime, you know, all that, all that bad stuff <laughs> in our community. But with COVID in the last year, I think I've seen um, more violent crime and things that really concern me than I have in the last 10 years here in the, the Valley and North Island community. Um, so I'm, I'm just make, trying to make sure I'm understanding you articulating properly is you're saying that these things were already kind of increasing before COVID, but have now exacerbated because of COVID at like a higher rate, essentially. I, yeah. It seems like it's, um, it's really supercharged lately. It's been a it's been a scary year for everybody and seeing a lot more crime from it is is just uh the straw on the camel's back. Well, what really surprised me going through all that because like I, I told you like you sent me like two pages of like crime reports which we'll cite in the description of this episode. Um so you know what we're where we're getting our information from. Mostly local newspapers and local news. Like let's all be very clear, that's a very important thing to support within our communities. Like it's print media is dying and all that, but it's like local news and local reporting is integral into like our in, in our in our especially in like in North America, I would say. Um But uh, it was it surprised me in how much was like just how recent a lot of it was too, and like I guess it was all like these are all recent things, and um, but most it, are within the last few months. Yeah, well that's what it, that's what I mean. Where it wasn't like a, okay, not in the last year of COVID, like oh this is the last three months of COVID when we're supposed to be on the upward spike of like things are supposed to be getting a slightly better because things are a little opening up a little bit and vaccines are getting doled out. But there seems to be this kind of uptick with young people, too. Just within this year. I know, but then this is just, like, it's the young people that's kind of, it's surprising me. I guess it's more like... Absolutely. Like, the thing is how many, and I don't know exactly... See, now, I, I say that because I sound like an old man, but I'm like, I'm not. I'm not an old man. I'm not even 30 yet. But, like, it, it's like, you know, like, that, that stabbing at the high school pit party and stuff like that, too. Or, like, these, uh that kid that, like, slashed that um, woman's throat at Town Pantry. Like, it was... I thought, from the article I read, that I thought it said that she had been... Um, she was working at the Town Pantry, but I might have misread that. I saved the article, and that'll be posted in there so we can check after the episode. But I, uh, from what I thought I read, it was, yeah, the... Uh, the it was the woman in Comox. It was at a Town Pantry in Comox who had had her throat slashed by, again, it was, like, a teenager trying to rob the store. And I guess, yeah, I just, I'm surprised. It's... I just don't get what these, like... Not teenager, but like these people under twenty. There was also the recent hammer attacks, uh, at least two of them. I believe they said they're they were the same person, and that person was 
I believe to be 17. Um, obviously, we don't know who that person is. And even if names were released, I wouldn't really feel comfortable saying it as they are such a young person. Why is such a young person going around and attacking people with hammers in broad daylight? Well, if I was going to make a guess. So this is... Uh... I'll, I want to clarify for this tangent I'm about to go on is from my experience living in the valley, from what I've seen, and I'm just kind of going with what makes sense in my head. So this is not let's not say this is not a source thing, or a hard thing. This is my theory, is that so as we've had an increase of homeless people in the valley, um. And the thing is, like, not all homeless people are kind of very varied, obviously. Like, there are some, they're just regular people that just had a bad luck draw or just bad time or bad experience, and they just ended up that way. Other people are people that have mental or physical disabilities that, like, they might be, they just need general help, and they can't, just, like, they just will never be able to live a, 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 a productive life by themselves. Um... And when you kind of take that and you're putting people out in the world and they have to kind of survive, like, like, think about, like, if you're living out in the wilderness off the land, like, essentially, like, that's, that just kind of, you know, that just kind of helps, that doesn't help you kind of deteriorate from that, too. It's almost like, and you're also kind of, you lose a bit of your community like that, too, unless you have, like, a really tightly knit community, which is, again, it's a... You know, depending on who you are and how people see, like, homelessness. But it's becomes a thing, too, where you kind of almost get, like, a shun. Like, oh, they're homeless, they're dirty, they're gross, don't interact with them. So they get a little bit less interaction from the human humanness, too. Or just people walk right over them. Like, they're just, like, they're not humans. And so when you get that kind of disconnect, obviously, there becomes... I think I just that adds to part of the problem with, like... Or not sort of part of the problem, but I think that adds to any kind of... Anyone that would have any kind of violent tendencies to lash out or try to like mug somebody in that like brutal sense um that might be one of the things leading to that and the one thing i like other sales is touch on that too is that another thing though could be is that somebody is just like living out there because this happened on like a nature path where like someone's probably camping out in the wilderness there maybe they just felt like they were like threatened or something like that like it was the same person though same person got attacked twice, or same person attacked? Same person who attacked with a hammer. And he's probably just trying to mug somebody. So that's why I'm just saying that he's just probably trying to get, okay, like, sorry. he's probably just trying to mug and get resources. Fair enough, yeah. Sorry, and I'm saying that, again, not, like, saying that's okay or anything, mm -hmm. or, like... Yeah, no, it's, if, I, if a young kid that age shouldn't have to be um, attacking people with hammers to survive. Well, no, and it's kind of a... It's a bit of an interesting problem with, like, us as a community, too, or in, I guess, the Vancouver area, because, like, we have a, like, obviously, we have a, we have a high, arguably a higher homeless population compared to other areas of Canada, because just, like, it's other areas of Canada, if you're homeless, you die, oh, in the wintertime, so, like, you just have to, like, here, that's not so much the case, so we just have an elevated number already, but that's only exact getting... exact same problem in Cal California. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. So, and like, arguably, luckily, we have a lower population, so it's not as intense, but we're still going to feel our mild effects of that, right? Um, and it's, like, really, it's kind of complicated, too, because it's not even as simple as, like, it's not even as simple as just, like, oh, put them all in a shelter, right? Because, like, there's so many 
constraints and issues with that too, right? Speaking from like, I, I can't say much about my job because I don't want that like known or public. But essentially, I work with I work with homeless people essentially, and there's kind of um with setting the setting them up in a living situation. There's a lot of bureaucracy that has to go into that too, with like any kind of oversight or care with like from you know Big Brother government um for logistical re for like re reasonable reasons too but it kind of gets into a complicated thing with like rights you know where everyone's freedoms are rights so if you work at a wet shelter but some people want to use and other people want to try to stay clean but so they don't want to be around that but how do you house these two people which is kind of a part of a problem two people's two people's freedoms one person's right to stay clean and one person's right to use and not be judged um just as a blatant example but um there's other issues too though when you get into like the safety of workers too right where like you don't want people freely using and just leaving disposable needles everywhere because there has to be some kind of oversight for that kind of thing too but then also like how do these people have a history of violence right like do they have to be is there a lot to their more to their care than what can be sustained of the thing right so there's just a lot of stuff that goes into there and it's I'd say honestly, again, just this is not a no sorting, no sourcing thing. This is my opinion of the valley is with us too. Is that just um, housing kind of cost of living is a bit of an issue? Just rent is very high here, so I think that just probably doesn't help things. Sorry, I'm done now. So, like on that note, there has also been an increase in uh, dumpster fires or and fires in general um, in the last few months. Um, I do have news sources that will be in, in our notes, our show notes. That freaked me out. The amount um, of dumpster fires that are being put out. There's like that. Si and there like was 16. also a man, uh, a week or so ago, who accidentally caught himself on fire in um a a very frequent place for uh homeless people to camp out in town. Um. And he just was trying to keep himself warm, and he lit himself on fire by accident. Like, he just wasn't safe about it. I mean, because not a lot of people know how to make a safe fire. I mean, it's a good thing it didn't get out of control and uh, light anything else on fire. Like, it's a forest fire. Like, that's, a, that's like a that, big I mean, uh, there's also another encampment. There is a local encampment around Walmart that the fire department gets called to out almost every day because of... Especially in the summertime because of how dry it gets. Mm -hmm. And um, homeless people just, just try to light fires. Um, not not for the fun of it, but like for like like survival reasons. Um, and unfortunately, um, this, is, this is just a symptom of there not being enough resources in the North Island for homeless people. Uh, Courtney, we have done a lot in the last few years um and it's taken it's it's a little bit too little too late i think because because i i've watched the discussions for at least the last decade and there have been a lot of suggestions and attempted plans for resources or or um facilities to help our homeless population back when it really was not nearly as many people and they were all turned down because um there is a there definitely seems to be a very big 
not in my neighborhood mentality in this community. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if anything's proposed, well, people will come out and say, well, we don't want it there. But then they'll also complain when those same people are succumbing to their addictions or mental health issues because of the lack of resources. Well, a theme I I see, and I I would love to talk to somebody who works in any kind of city infrastructure about this because they would know more about this than me, but something I I just think as a citizen walking around the valley that I find odd is that you're, I I agree with you, where there seems to be a lot of not-in-my-backyard mentality of, like, everyone wants the problem solved, nobody wants it solved around them because, um... And like playing devil's advocate, I can almost I understand from like a homeowner's perspective, it lowers the value of your neighborhood. And again, speaking of like again working at a place that houses regular homeless people, they're just always regulated because they have friends that come by and stuff like that too. And other people, other homeless people, think they can just kind of drop in and kind of like because either their friends are hanging out or they think that they can just get housing there. So it creates kind of that traffic in the neighborhood. And so I understand as like a regular citizen just like not wanting to be around that like i i understand that feeling but then there's also that kind of thing too where then it doesn't really get solved but this is my big nitpick and i do have a point to this leading into my nitpick is there but what i regularly see is that when there is like a new house there's new housing built in an area that would arguably be perfect for that kind of homeless traffic where it's like it's not around any major businesses it's already in kind of like a offsets area of town um it's accessible through most routes but not like um but not out of town um but instead we have expensive vacation condos being built there that cost way too much money to rent um plus strata fees and and then like so we're gonna okay so we have this perfectly good space that probably would be a perfect place for like low-income housing that would um reduce the home probably reduce the homeless population um and not lower anybody else's value because it's not around anybody to fucking lower but no we're gonna build an expensive vacation rental there too and a gated community and oh so that that pisses me off and i want to know if there's more to it than that which is why i want to talk to somebody about infrastructure that's all i want to finish on Boom shakalaka. So, yeah, following that, um, a lot of proposed low-income housing, and I'm saying low-income with quotations around around it because there have been a lot of, like, proposed... We have, in the last um, couple years, we've had some buildings that are currently being, being built, being proposed, um, have only recently finished being built and are rented out. Um, and they sell themselves as being low income, but they, but you know, we're at, but actually we're talking about one or two bedroom apartments that are 15 to $2,000, which isn't low income, but it, but it is starting, but it is a starting point to solving the problem of, um, um, demand versus, um, you know, words, those words that people use. Demand versus supply. Thank you. Supply, supply and demand. Duh. <laughs> Where um, that's the reason why that's, that's a not the reason, but it is part of the reason why rental costs are so high is because there's a lot of people who need to rent and not a lot of 
housing. So building apartments is the answer and hopefully eventually those prices will go back to normal or what at least what I consider normal. Maybe never, but I mean, you know, we can hope. So one thing that I wanted to say about the apartments, I mean, this is not in, this isn't okay, but like this is really not news related to the violent crime. So we're, we're kind of going off off topic a little bit, I but I had this written down the... because I feel like it is it is on topic. Whereas it's connected, the, the crime, yes, exactly. So the crime we're seeing, like, and all these things are, it's it's symptoms of problems that aren't getting fixed in our community, and the reason why there isn't more being built is because in the last couple of years, whenever there has been an apartment or more um, dense dense housing like not single homes but dense housing is proposed in areas um unfortunately geri- ger- geriatric people are the people who are going to end up going to the city council meetings for those proposed zonings and they're going to say oh well we they're going to say we don't want this take it off take it off the board we're not doing it um and our younger people who might be more in favor of doing that aren't showing up to the city city hall meetings and and using their voice appropriately within our local po- poli- political space instead they're just talking about stuff on on online slacktivism and not really doing what they need to be doing which is going to those town halls and where where otherwise the only people who are showing up are usually over 60 and my big apparently their big problem is that if there is like a building that's three stories or four stories (laughs) sorry tiffy's about to pause to throw up a hairball it's just kind of funny she she gonna be okay no she's coughing okay i can't tell if that looks like a hairball Right. Okay. Um, the, cat, the cat's fine. The cats are adorable and they're fine, just so everyone knows. In case any listeners worried about the kitties. <laughs> no, I think we should. Okay. So, um, the reason why these people are tend to be showing up to these town halls is because they're offended that these buildings are. So one reason why it seems to be that these people are these older people are showing up to the town halls to protest against to to put their voices in to our representatives our local representatives is because um the buildings and and the buildings proposed are usually like three or four stories. Um, there's actually a bylaw in both, in the entire Comox Valley, I believe, that says buildings cannot be more than four stories. And that has never been, no one's ever tried to change that because it's part of the aesthetic of, of the valley and like no one wants... I don't actually mind that. No though. one wants a view to be obscured, you know. That, we have hills. That makes sense. I it's, actually, it's a wonderful bylaw. I'm totally okay with, with it. But these people are upset and usually they're, there's nobody under 60 years old at these places. I've seen pictures of the you, you told me You told me one time you did a... You, you told me you visited a Zoom meeting of a city hall meeting and it was you and your friend there and that was it. Nobody else. 
right? No, that wasn't a city hall meeting. That was different. That oh, was sorry. actually totally different. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood that. Yeah. That's my bad. Um, it was it was with um our city members, and it was a great discussion. And I'd love to talk about that another time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to learn how to be more active because in my I don't community. think I don't think that our city representatives are are close are entirely close minded to to like the way that we need to build our city. That's their job. Um, I think that it's just that they're not hearing the right people's voices and that's it. So the general complaint from them at when they did attend the zoning committees at the city hall in person, this was, this was before COVID was that people in buildings that were one or two stories higher than them. Oh my gosh would be able to see into their yards. Like, as if the people who are going to be living in these apartments aren't going to be have to working their asses off. And they, as if they have nothing better to do than stand on their balconies and stare into these people's yards. Well, and you know there, what I would like to know? Lot, what I, kind I, of fucked up shit the old people in this town are doing? Well, I want to know how many gilts are in these yards? Like, how many grandpas that I like to fuck are in these yards? What are they doing in the yards? Are they playing? They're playing naked badminton. Also. <laughs> the sport of kings. I don't live in an apartment building, but the if I did. And I lived. Nude, off the land. <laughs> as nature intended. <laughs> nothing holding them back. Just having the sex dirt. orgies in their backyard. Well, see, I, I wasn't even going to go there. I thought you were going to get... See, I thought you were going to get mad if I went there. But yeah, so probably, they're also probably having orgies. They're probably having... Swinger parties. Swinger parties. Where key they parties. also have sex right there in the backyard. And they don't want people with watching With their high it. fences. Well, and... okay, here's the thing I don't get, though. Is if you're that old, why would you care at that point? You're like, you're almost out the door anyway. I like, fucking let your freak flag fly and let nobody care. They or, seem to be forgetting that we live in one of the most beautiful places on earth where if you live in a high rise or in a building or on a floor of a building, not a high rise, but you know, above someone's yard, what if you're on your balcony, if you even spend any time on your balcony, you are not going to be looking down on people's yards. You're probably going to be looking out at the gorgeous views that you're afforded. Yeah. So what are they really... Are they burying bodies in their backyards? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Start a hardcore investigation. Gummy Bear demands a hard hard investigation into what old people are doing behind closed doors. You know, like, okay, like, all jokes aside, though, I imagine... You know what, like, honestly, probably, like, and just most reasonable, like, logic reason is change. Is that wasn't... I don't like change. It wasn't like this the way I like it. and Or wasn't... I want... This was isn't the way that it was originally. Like, again, I understand... I understand the... I I understand the property... It's a complicated thing, though. Like, I understand the property value thing, which is, again, where I'm like, why not put these buildings, again, in places that are just not near these communities? But... I just want to, I want to touch on this quickly, just because, like, here's one of the arguments is we, why we really need to clean up, or, like, sorry, I shouldn't say that, but, like, why we need to make sure that people, we reduce our our housing numbers, or our homeless numbers, is as much as I hate tourists, because tourists suck, um, they are, like, they're, they're a big part of our town economy, 
And that's kind of like, I acknowledge that. And don't get me wrong, like I worked in working in a restaurant, I'll serve tourists with a smile on my face and answer every dumb question that they possibly have for me, um, vegan mayo related wise. And, but I, I will, uh, but I still find them annoying for the reasons that we all do. They're loud, obnoxious, they have no respect for the world around them, and they're typically ignorant to, like, those beneath them. Because um, usually it's, like, rich assholes touring. It's it's not often, you know, people that saved up, have an appreciation for the world around them, or just kind of like, um, you know what I mean? They try not, they don't treat the service industry like shit. Um, this is my bias, I want to be honest, I'm very biased about this. But again, pragmatically, I acknowledge <laughs> the money they bring in and the importance of that community. And that's where all of BC, we're very tourist-based, and I, I understand and respect that. Um, but, so, that being the case, it's that's our motivation to, again, just like, try to reduce the number, the, like, the homeless, the, like, homeless population and give in to reduce homelessness. Sorry, not like reduce the population, like, 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 reduce numbers and create make people housed people should be housed and i think it's an unfortunate thing this is the last thing i'll touch on is that yeah again it's like we it's it's like not really completely fair that just like they kind of like we have a higher numbers and like lower mainland but it's just our thing to deal with and that's part and it's just part about being a human and more than less it comes down to like because covid could throw or like any kind of event like this can throw everything for a loop or month by month you don't know what's going on right so we all need to be like through bad circumstances could have easily just been one of us that got put out on the street so do we want a system yeah. that kind of as a safety net that can prevent that because yeah it wasn't you but it could have easily been so like we need to i think it's just as, as being a human part of being a human is trying to prevent that that's all i want to say sorry i rambled a bit much there Well, I have a bit of a problem with the discussion that I see online um, with people who are, you know, very not in my backyard kind of mentality, um, but they don't propose any, like, solutions or, like, ways to help people. Um, they just, like, when they basically blatantly are like, I wish they they're dead or, like, somewhere else. And it's like, okay... Um, I just want to give like a quick shout out here to, um, another island based podcast, uh, Island Crimes, um, whose first season focuses on a cold case murder from Nanaimo and whose second season focuses on missing men on the island. Um, and who mentions a lot of the, a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. She went on a in uh, Parksville she went in with uh, a, a resource worker or maybe just a volunteer kind of person I can't remember I'm sorry <laughs> for not having this quite sourced properly um, but she went into the bush to like interview some homeless people down in Parksville and they're like way out there like they're having a camp like here in, in Courtney and Comox Valley, like, there isn't too many... We have, like, the river and the ocean, so there isn't too many, like, places where you can go inland too much um, compared to to Parksville and, and Qualicum, I think. Not that we don't have forests, I mean... But it seemed like they were really far out there in Parksville just because there's even less resources than there is here. 
and there isn't very many here at all. The North Island is extremely lacking in resources for all of this kind of thing. I just want to ask quickly, when you say resources, like, what do you mean like that? Because I, I, my brain just doesn't work like that where I think about, like, if I was, like, living on the street, what would I need to live? Like, you need food, shelter, warm clothing. Like, am I hitting the ballpark or? Yeah, um, I like homeless shelter, temporary, temporary housing. Um, Which is harder now because of COVID. Gov- yeah, extremely hard. Less bodies. Government. Um, there's a lot more government sourced um resources like like a counseling like just drop-in programs that they have um in our in our bigger communities on the island in victoria and nanaimo have a lot more resources like that where you can just drop in you can get food like more food banks more um resources for surviving outside or inside when it's when the weather is bad as it tends to be (laughs) Um, yeah, just, yeah, that kind of thing. Not just food and, and shelter, but support, um, resources for building your life back together to try and get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Just that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it, very lacking up here. No, that's, I, uh, I can't say I know or let, I'm still new to the community relatively, so I, I don't know it as well as you do. And as... Um, again, I'm, I'm sourcing a little bit from a fellow much more put together and, and professional podcast, um, Island Crime. Um, the reason why some of the homeless people are moving farther and farther out into the bush is because they are, they have no, nothing like they're pushed out. Like people are they're ostracized they're not treated like people anymore um and they just they just get pushed out into their own communities and farther into the middle of nowhere i'm actually like that's one thing for my job i found is i've been really getting more and more fascinated with I feel weird saying like the culture and community, but like of that, like of living like that, it's just interesting. And like, they just like the lives that get led and stuff like that too. And like that kind of stuff like that. And that's all I want to go into because it's not my place to say, but I guess it's, I would love to learn more about that and just talk to them. Cause I, I think back to when I lived um, up, up North in uh, BC when I was a teenager, there was, we had one dude that like lived in our town in uh, Prince George and he had everything on his bike and uh, pushed it around everywhere. And there were rumors all around town about who he was and what he, some say he was like a super, like he was terrified of having stuff stolen. So he pushed everything around on the bike, but he actually did own a house and it was all these kind of things. And, um, and this is rare for Prince George because we don't, we didn't have a high homeless population just because there's only so much shelter space. So in the winter time, there's kind of a seasonal purge, which is kind of grim, but just why there's not a high population up there. Um, so mm-hmm. most people, most just don't live there. But this guy just was around forever, as long as I knew. Finally in high school, I was walking home from work one time, and I had an orange. No, God, he gave me an orange. It was a very delicious orange, by the Aww. way, too. But I think I went up and talked to him or something, because I was like, hey, man, like, like here, like, I think I, I think I had some food, and I gave it to him. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, hey, what, um, what was... Like, I've heard all these stories, no offense, but I've heard these stories about you around town, about, like, kind of what your story is, and I've just, like, always wanted to know. 
because like you seem like a cool guy. He was he was always reading in the park and stuff like that too. Like he seemed like a super cool guy, and he just kind of talked. He said he was a farmer. Um, he blamed I think he blamed the liberal government at the time because he lost his farm during that time. So I don't know if it was directly because of it or what the exact circumstances was. He might have had some issues. He just definitely hated the liberals, but just the way he went about it is like he just he had a life he had had a life it was constructed and like maybe and the problem with like being home being homeless is that any kind of negative state you have there only gets exacerbated and everything only gets even more your health becomes worse any psychologicalness state becomes worse so it's that's again just one more motivation to try to prevent it or like reduce it because like it's all it all just gets worse so it's like that's why it's a very important thing to kind of prevent and try to help and aid i'd say sorry i don't know why i apologize there <laughs> um was there anything else you wanted to talk about though or talking about island crime or is that a good way to segue into the quick thing the short thing yes that's a great segue okay great awkward segue <laughs> da -na 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 segue song <laughs> breaking news I'm your host, Beckham Kid, with Island Breaking News. Extremely unexpected. Yeah, we just went out for a smoke break and some shit happened. <laughs> um, this happened, apparently this happened yesterday, but it's just coming out in our news today. Yesterday being April the 27th, 2021. Uh, apparently yesterday afternoon, a body was found on the beach near the... St. Joseph's Hospital in Comox. There is... This is just the first news that we're getting of this, even though it happened almost 24 hours ago, our time. Mm -hmm. And as of as of recording this, uh, there is pretty much no information. The article in question so far is like two paragraphs long. We don't know the state of the body, just that it was found in the ocean. Um, so as we're talking about more crime and and stuff going on uh, this comes out and while well, we're taking a break and um yeah it's pretty concerning it's upsetting that it's it took 24 hours for our news to come out with it and also um that there's almost no information already um but if of course if anyone I just want to repeat this and like I'm sure we'll talk about it later if we if we get more information at a different time probably won't talk about it until there's like a lot more information but if anyone has any information about um whoever this body may be or what may have happened um please contact the comox valley rcmp at 250-338-1321 and refer to file 2021-6590 i was gonna say as like in just in defense of that you said like uh it's like we we didn't hear about this for a day or there wasn't anything reported about it for a day uh that means i think that might speak to well with everything spiking like crime and all that like news and um like police are obviously more busy than like normal so it's yeah. kind of like it's it's understandable in like some regard and that kind of stuff which is again why again i think it's just important that we try to well like we'll just like try to contribute to like the knowledge of what's happening in the world today I definitely don't blame our local RCMP for not being prepared for unprecedented uptick in 
in this kind of thing. Oh god, no, none of this is a criticism. This is just more like, this is just what's happening. <laughs> Although there's plenty to criticize. <laughs> well, yeah. The RCMP, but... Well, totally, but just one day at a time, right? But... Not in this regard. Not in our community, I don't think. No, I think not. that there's, you know, people are just doing the best they can, and... It w- it w- I think it would be helpful for people to give more information about something like this if they were to come out with it quicker and give more information, at least, you know, a little bit. I know that there's always things that they can't say in in any crime, um, um, crime case, especially with a, a dead person. But, I mean, there's no, it doesn't say homicide or anything. So... We just don't know. Well, that's kind of the thing, right? If you don't know... the big, My biggest problem is that, like, with any <clears throat> article like this, is there may never be any more information. Just because it gets lost in the news cycle? Just because it just never gets in the news cycle at all. Not even lost in it. Because if it came up, I would see it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I look for it. I'll look for the update. On, on things like see like this in our community and it won't be there that'll be it this will be the only thing and i'm really hoping that doesn't happen it's kind of a... i don't think that that i'm entitled to know everything about every little thing that happens could your brain even do that though like no 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 like i think there's definitely cases where um you know i i shouldn't have to know that information or you know but when it comes to community safety, um, that's when it bothers me. When it's not that when it's not reported or updated on, um, whether or not there was someone in our community who had murdered somebody and they didn't tell us, um, that would really bother me if that was never updated or just. Just said like, oh hey, don't worry about the body. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly well, what I would need there. That... It's just, you know, there's a respect thing where it's like I don't need to know all the information about something bad that that happened to somebody. I just want to know what's going on in my community. Well, you know, like playing devil's advocate for that, that would also kind of be on though the citizens to hold the police accountable to that and be like, hey, so you haven't said anything, like. Say even like that, no, we're not going to talk about it. That's more than saying absolutely nothing. So, like, you want you want the police to kind of tell you, like, what's going on, right? But then if nobody's ever asking them to do that or fighting for it or having a shit fit about it, then there's, where's that? there's no motivation, right? So that kind of, that comes on to us too, right? As people, as, as people in the community, right? Same thing mm-hmm. with like, the government does something you're doing, like local, provincial, whatever. If they're doing something you don't agree with, then it's, as a citizen, it's your obligation to say something about that because that's how our system is structured. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. It's bureaucratic as, as fuck all. And it's just kind of takes forever to get anything done. But that's just how... It's just how the uh, it's how our system is, and it's yeah. It's one of the best. It's one of the better ones that we have functionally on Earth. So, I uh, I believe in it. Well, that was um that was just really surprising. I guess I'm kind of in shock a little bit to go see that. 
to um, have taken that break and then seen that news just from yesterday. Yeah, that caught me off guard. Was um, yeah, uh, as always with something something like that, it's um, very unexpected. Dead bodies are usually unexpected. It's not like you're ever going to like. And they oh, should be. Well, unless I guess maybe unless <laughs> you're Jeffrey, unless they you're Jeffrey Dahmer. should always be. So like, if you're a regular person, you're like, I'm gonna go out today. I'm probably not gonna see any dead bodies. Oh my god! And then you see it and you freak out. Jeffrey Dahmer though, he's like, I'm gonna see so many corpses, la da da, death everywhere, la da da, no consequences, la da da da, da death. So it would. So you know, it, I guess that's a perspective thing. But most, 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 uh, you'd say. Uh, I'm not sure is saying regular people offensive nowadays, but you know, people. Sorry. I think the average person doesn't think about corpses and death everywhere. Uh, I think the last time though, time to or to uh, kind of segue out of that as a. Uh, let's, let's move on to our actual segment. Let's go on to an actual proper <laughs> segment though that was not meant to be about death and chaos. Unexpected news. This is not meant to be a big thing, but this is something that actually happened over the last couple weeks and kind of an annoyed me and I wanted to make fun of it. So it started with the YouTube, YouTube getting that Freedom of Speech Award. And oh we were going to make a joke about that, about how apparently you can get an award for not having... You can, you can win an award with not actually winning the thing you're being given the award with. And you can also be like overseeing the group that's giving you the award... So, you know, Captain? so we decided that because you're allowed to do that, we can give ourselves awards now. Captain, I would like to award you with the world's best podcast host award. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Gummy Bear. I would like to award you with the world's tallest podcast co-host award of all time because you're taller than every other podcast co-host on Earth. Factually, measurably true. And, uh, yeah. I'm oh, a bear, so I'm actually seven feet taller. You also get the Freedom of Speech Award because you've, you have, uh, you have censored as less, many less, many less, much less people than YouTube has. So you, you win the Freedom of Speech Award. So, yes, that really, this really annoyed me. And for all, the reason why everyone annoyed me, like the dislikes on that video speak for itself. But then a video came out like two days ago where this is, um, so for me, I like watching American politics because that's like kind of like junk food TV for me. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so sensationalized. Um, <laughs> but one of my favorite alternate alternative media American political people is Kyle Kalinske, who is on who has a secular talk, and uh, he talk go delves into this um, video with the YouTube CEO, kind of talking about how. She kind of admitting that they suppress smaller independent channels and independent out news outlets um, in favor of like, you know, your CBCs, your CNNs and all your like your major news com corporations. And this is like the logic of this is just saying that, oh, you know, two people, two people podcasting from a bedroom, they can just say anything they want. <laughs> and there's no accountability. And... That's true to some degree. That's true to some degree. But that's kind of like the foundation of YouTube, except, you know, they had video format, which we don't. We're not doing because I don't think. I am not pretty enough for video format. But, sorry, my point. I got off topic here. But anyway, the point is, though, she. 
so that be so yeah so her kind of admitting that like it makes sense from a company as like a giant company because like you know they want to not scare away advertisers and shit like that too but that's bad for just freedom of speech and like the problem with again that i that bias towards major news corporations is that they fuck up too like what about all goddamn okay i'm gonna sound a professional here because i'm not citing anything directly but like all the major news organizations were talking about weapons of mass destruction during the fucking not after the 9-11 shit in Iraq, and they never found any of that. And then it later came out that they were just citing the same story from one fucking source. It was all a lie. And so uh, my point is, like, and that they have no repercussions. So, like, it's... Kyle Kalinske does a better job of articulating this than me, but he points out that when a big corporate... When a big news outlet fucks up, there's, like, slapping a wrist, and they still keep their money, and they're all good. But um, small independent um, people starting out, like, it's not the same kind of thing. So I just, in light of that, because being pirates and haters of big business and not wanting to be beholden to a crown is why we set the sales of podcasting and internet, is we want to do a couple shout outs to alternate media that we like quickly and not a thing. And like, we'll, we'll put it in the description if we can have time to do that. But um, do you want to go first, Gumby Bear? Or do you want me to go on mine and then while you just on the fly think of yours? Yeah, I'm so unprepared. I and I have a lot. It's okay. So I'll start with mine then quickly. As uh, so for American um, alternate YouTubers, I love Kyle Kalinsky from Secular Talk. Um, also, The Hill with Crystal and Sigur is really good too. Um, they're pretty. They have a their balance is like they just they kind of do their. They have a person from the right and the left um, transcribing their news, which I love to see. Um, and then. For Canadian YouTubers, um, one of my favorites, she's like kind of news, but kind of just everything, is Amanda the Jedi. Um, I love her. She's Canadian. She talks about like a little bit of everything. She's cool. Um, and, but for fun, but then also for more political stuff, uh, I think I'm going to butcher his name probably, but I think it's JJ McDowell. McDowell. He's, uh, he's a Canadian YouTuber that does talk about politics a lot. He's a pundit. Um, he's been doing it for years. Um, I only discovered him um, like a, a couple months ago, and I really like him. He's a like I don't agree with everything because he's a bit of a conservative guy, but I just like he's he's it's just good for alternative media spheres, and I think that we should all. It's also good just to listen to opinions you don't completely agree with, because like you know that's how we just get a more rounded view of the world. Uh, instead of giving an actual explanation, so I'm just doing this on the fly, I'm just going to re recommend a few um, smaller YouTubers that I really like. Um, one of those would be Tara Mookney. And I, oh my god, I just had them right in front of me and now they're gone. <laughs> oh, I hate my life. Okay. Um, oh, dummy bear. I'm going to give, I'm just going to throw YouTuber names with no, with no context. Do so it. here we go. And We're gonna play. also press things on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Tara Mookney, uh, Rapsos Productions. Oh, I had one more, but I can't. I can't. Contrapoints. Contrapoints is great. Love Contrapoints. Um, she's definitely, she definitely has like, definitely like she's a little bit bigger though than than the people I wanted to shout out. Oh, at Creepshow Art, and that was it. No context. Independent media. Just look them up if you don't like them. Them, them, it's fine if you don't care. like them, but that's just again just shout out to other media sources. Fuck Terry Tara Mookney, Creepshow Art, Rapsos Productions. That's it. Fuck big news. On to They're the next all segment. Different. Bye. Sailing <laughs> onwards. 
sailing. On our uh, next segment, we're going to sing. We're going to sing a shanty as we sail oh. on to our next part. Not this time. Not this time. Okay, different shanty will be a different time. That's fair. We both we both sing too much. Well, not too much. And but... terribly. Okay. <laughs> you sing better than me. I can't sing for shit. Um, our next segment, Times Before Now with History Friends. So <laughs> this is just us wanting to talk about history because... We just find history interesting, and it's important to not repeat the mistakes of the past, obviously, but also, again, just getting a better understanding of the world around us. Or, like, why things the way they are. Like, I wanted to take history this semester, Canadian history, post-Confederation, um, in college this year, because I um, wanted to get a better understanding of, like, I want to get a better understanding of the... Um, what kind of structured our social systems that we have nowadays in Canada? Because I want to go into social work, so I don't... So I kind of want to know, like, why certain systems are kind of built the way they are. Um, and from doing that, I took Canadian history, and um, just a lot really fascinated me. So, talking about... We just want to take a bit of time today to talk about any history... And mind you, just let's preface, I'm a little bit more prepared than gummy bears on this, which is fine, though, because she went, she really did go above and beyond with the amount of crime, like, news and crap like that. And so, like, it's like we both, we focused on different <laughs> things. So let's just, us being, we're both, we were both not prepared for each other's segments, but that's kind of cool, because we can take turns playing commentary, commentary and flavor commentary. I just wanted to end on a more positive note after all the chaos, is just that, how far Canada's come in a short period of time, essentially. Because Canada is not an old country. Um, it's like only a, like, but like a little about 150 years old. Um, and I think historically we've come a long way in a short time. And that's, that's kind of when we really shouldn't have. Because like arguably the biggest benefit that Canada has is our resource wealth. But our population has always been low. So like... Our, economy, our, our good economy has been through, like, just a right historical amount of circumstance that have led to that. So we really are very lucky to be where we are, which I'm like, just, I think is worth acknowledging. But, and again, like, when I say that we've come a long way in a short time, like, in World War One in 1915, only rich white people men could vote and that was literally it so it's doesn't matter if you were poor doesn't matter what your skin color was you couldn't vote if you just didn't have enough money and if you're a woman then eventually then over time more people got rights and it wasn't right back then and it's not right to look back on history through today's moral standards because it was a different time back then and it doesn't do good to be like they should have done that because well fuck it's already done what are you gonna do what can we do moving forward and so I think it's kind of great that in like a hundred years, we've come to the point where like, where only rich white men could vote little over a hundred years ago to now that like trans rights, well, trans people have been around forever. That's like the, 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 we've already had open discussions about their rights in the last 10 years and shit. And it's just like, okay, cool. Let's just get this done and move on to the next thing because just there's always shit to be done and always work to be done and to push humanity forward right and i just think it's great that we've come this far when each of these fights was like a decades long thing right like 
So I just think that's kind of a good a testament to Canada because for all the people that I want to say, like, if there's one stance I will die on a hill for in this podcast, essentially, is that I don't, I don't condone radicalism of any kind or extremism. Essentially, it is. I think it is never the answer. Mm-hmm. There is, and don't get me wrong. I'm understand that sometimes there's. Somebody, you have to hit somebody with a stick because there's somebody that's going to hit people with sticks and they're not going to stop. So you have to hit go over and bop Hitler, Hitler on the nose with a stick and be like, no. So I get that. That's going to happen from time to time. But extremism, completely annihilate genocide or anything like that, the other enemy or any kind of fuck all of our enemies into an extreme radical reaction. I don't agree with that at all. And um, Canada is a testament to that gradualism works. And for anybody that doesn't know, gradualism is the philosophical concept that society can be improved through small incremental changes over time. And don't get me wrong, through Canadian history, there has been shit that's happened. There was the FLQ bombings in the 80s, and or 70s and 80s. And then there was the Oka crisis. People died during that shit with fighting for Native, for Indigenous rights, sorry. And there's... um. And so there's been moments in our history, there's been moments in our history when we had like some kind of like radical thing that happened to spur the conversation, but it was like small by comparison to other shit that's happened in other parts of the world. And also the discussion for these issues like went through right away, like it like really quickly after like, and again, sometimes it was disingenuous, like there was a whole thing with Stephen Harper offering an apology to the indigenous community, and then like two years later, I don't remember what it was, but like, it fucked over, it fucked over, like did another thing, changing the bill to fuck mm-hmm. over indigenous people, and it wasn't until like the, uh, it wasn't until the, uh, oh god, the, oh shit, what the fuck is it called, I wrote, god damn it, the Silent No More, shit, I learned about this, and I'm having a brain fart, Oh. Fuck. Okay, it's on the tip of my tongue. Just move past that. <sighs> okay, anyway. Um, anyway, though. So, but once the no more whatever movement... God damn it, this is really the, bugging the me. Thing, the, I know, the thing, the indigenous movement for no more standbyness, um, push forward and stuff that just kind of got things ha- got things rolling. We have the calls to action now at, that were like given up in mm-hmm. 2016. And cool thing, actually. My, uh, my teacher this semester, he was one of the people that worked on that. Awesome. Yeah, so it's kind of a cool little fun fact I learned um, through talking to him. He was a cool guy, yeah. who I won't name because he doesn't need to pull to my shit. That aside, <laughs> um, I just want to touch on that. For anybody that cares about the calls to a- action with the indigenous community, on the government website, they have every single fucking call listed. They have what they're doing on it. And some of them, it's like, we have nothing set up for this. And other ones are like, we're doing this. So it's like... Mm-hmm. At the very least, there's some form of communication towards that. And if you have a particular thing that you care about, whether it's like their um, desire to kind of cut down fetal alcohol syndrome in the indigenous community or like um, decrease criminal overrepresentation in jails, that's one of the things. That's one of the calls to action they have specifically in there. So, like, I know you're, I know you're making that face of me, gummy bear, but that was one of the specific like actions they have in there. Like, it's. Um, so it's like, if there's whatever issue you're passionate about, go to the website and check it out. And if the government's not doing something towards that, you can like be like, hey, government, I want you to work on this call to action. So I'm just saying. And sorry, and I'm only saying it because it was one that stuck out. Sorry, I didn't mean that for like a crude example, but it was just one example that stood in my head because 
that call to action had it said what exactly they wanted, how they wanted to fix it, and what they wanted the end result to be. So it just stood out to me because it was like very specific and what mm-hmm. the goals were. So I, I wasn't trying to be crass with that example. I just thought it's really long. I only read like half of it, <laughs> but um, and it was like in the middle of the semester when I had history so much. History re- is brutal. All of it. Yeah. In recent history. There's you. Um, I mean, you shouldn't. We shouldn't uh, keep ourselves from talking about it. If it is crass, then that's how it happened. Even if it was recently, it should be mentioned. How crass it was. How crude it was. How... Yeah. I agree. It's, uh... Well, it doesn't help anybody to bubble wrap history. History is hardcore. <laughs> no, it really bubbles, bubbles, bugs me, though, like... Because they need to bubble wrap, wrap, wrap history, like for some regard, it. like okay, we're not going to educate kids on what a genocide is. It's brutal. Yeah, but like you know, maybe when they're like ten or eleven, okay, here's what a genocide is. I don't know what age is right for. To, what, what I don't know what the genocide <laughs> age is, <laughs> but uh, that's what I think. I, I, I don't know, man. But that's I'm not a teacher. Um, I'm a pirate. Me I don't know what age is appropriate to tell people what a genocide is, or, and. And then tell them about the many, many genocides that have happened throughout human history. Or let's talk about the Canada's uh, eugenics movement that, like, went on through the fucking 80s and shit. I'm pretty sure it was the 80s. Don't quote me on that, but it was, like, later than it should have been. Through all of Canadian history, basically? Yeah, well, it was, like, there's four sterilizations. I, are you for done a long your time. history segment? Can I tell my completely unprepared one? Do it, do it. I just wanted to say that, like, I guess our, we were just getting to our point, though, that just that <laughs> history is brutal no matter where you live, and it's important to learn about. It. and let's let's not like canada is not still doing eugenics but like we did for a long time let's just be aware of it now we have crisper so it'll be a new generation of eugenics moving on gummy bear okay so i'm glad that you mentioned boating in your little thing because i was completely unprepared you were like oh the history segment and i was like shit i forgot about the history segment and i did not prepare anything so i just thought i would say a little fun tidbit that i thought was um a little bit amusing instead of like a fully thought out fleshed out um history thing like you just did so i'm sorry that mine's much shorter this time i will prepare next time although i think all of our segments will always be different So my little fun thing, and I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you mentioned voting, um, because fun fact, uh, Quebec was the latest province in our entire country to allow women to vote. No way. Yep. Don't believe that. I'm being very sarcastic, by the way. What? Quebec was I'm just, I'm behind you know, so on funny. socially progressive values. Because <laughs> they always vote. I mean, they basically, like, because of first past the post, probably the only reason why, like, they decide, they basically decide who our prime minister is, and it's been liberal, and I don't have a problem with that, I just, I mean, the West is conservative and NDP mixed, and I feel like maybe there would be more equal seats in the House, it's not about the prime minister, um, if we had, we had a true... A, a better voting system, not first past the post anymore. Getting way too fucking political now, but did I, anyway. Oh, did I so tell that's you all I was just gonna say is I thought it was funny that um, Quebec was the very last province in Canada to allow women to vote. 
The end. That's um, my t- that's my factoid for today. Did Bye. I, did I tell you my first past the post story when we did that vote like two or three years ago? No. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. So, okay, first thing I want to say just as the Quebec thing. Now, I anybody, any listener that knows more than me, feel free to correct me on this shit. But Please email us and correct us. Yes, that'll be at the end of the podcast. But I... Uh, discuss with us. We I, want you to discuss I with us. I imagine that would be because Quebec is... Like, okay, it's, Quebec is more conservative, but more importantly, they're closely... They've had... They still have... I, I don't know if they still have it, but, like, religion has always been more deeply tied to their politics. It was for a much longer time, anyway, than ours. So, if I was a betting man, I'd say that took a factor in it, because that's typically what religion likes to do. And again, I'm not blatantly against religion, but that's just historically accurate, I think. Um, but going into the well, the first past the post thing is fucking hilarious. So, when we were working <laughs> at that one place that one time, and that job, you know, um, a woman yes. came in to the fucking bar, and she had... So she had a very colorful wig on. It was, I don't think it was a rainbow wig, but it was like a neon color. But she had like rainbow, mm. a rainbow skirt on. Was I there? No, I don't think you were. Okay. Wait, were, you work, were you working at that place that one time during the, when they did that vote for the first pass of post thing? You well, know what? I don't think I was. Okay. So you, yeah, this was before your time. So when this, so this woman came in and she was like, it had tanked up on the rainbow skirt and the big, the high... The high leggings, the high colorful leggings that were like striped like Pippi Longstocking. Of course, yes, yes. She had a cardboard sign around her with a string attached to it that had like the skull and crossbones on it that was like, the what was the other one called again? It was like the first past the post. What were we voting for? What was the one that didn't pass? I don't know. So the one that didn't pass. I don't think we got to vote on that. I think. I, I thought we, I thought we were I voting think... on the restructuring. It was like. So for I feel like you're talking about the preven- the provincial. No one, thing. Um, I think we're talking. I think you're talking about our national system. I'm talking about our provincial system. Okay. Um, oh, it's not first past the post. I'm just think I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna treat this like a voting story though. This is like a voting story though, and maybe this kind of goes. Was it the taxes? No, it was like a voting thing. It was the like the voting taxes? thing because they changed to the. We are gonna other Google this after the podcast, like, but like, it was... should we talk about? We don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> no, I know that. Okay, I do. We did a voting thing with. No, there was a voting thing. <laughs> Let me just explain this to you. That's not the point. This is just this is. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll address it in the next podcast. That's not the point of my story. So, years ago, a couple years ago, there was a vote for BC to how to change how to do our provincial voting or how to elect our seating or whatever, right, or something like that. That's all it was, and. Um, this woman, uh, when she came in with her cardboard sign with a skull and crossbones on it, saying that the current system equals death. The new system is the only way to for the freedom or life oh or whatever of, of it. It was fucking ridiculous. And she proceeded. She had like a... I, I want to say she had a bell she was clanging to, but that might be my imagination. Just like <laughs> making it overly cartoonish. Because that's what it felt like. But I can't tell. Either way, her voice was either shrill as a bell or she had one. But she proceeded to come into this place I was working at that one time and lecture people on why the current system was going to be the death of us all and why the new system was the only way to go. And so... What was the new system? I don't remember. And this is my point, though, is the fact that I can't remember it means it probably wasn't that big of a deal. But my whole yeah. point is that when you get to any kind of extreme thing, we're like, oh my god, this is going to be the end of everything. You you're, are not you're fucking probably, rational. You're probably scaring the shit of yourself for no reason. On top of that, and like logically, and again, don't get me wrong, I know that when you're at the extreme end, you're not thinking logically, but like, 
logically, if you want to convince anybody of anything, screaming at them, yelling, possibly waving a bell, <laughs> are, uh, is not the way to go about it. That's not how you teach anybody anything. And it's like the same as these Facebook arguments where you get into screaming matches over things on Facebook and things are, and you're trying to convince, change somebody's opinion, but you're just not going to do that by screaming at them like an asshole. It's like, just have a talk, have a conversation about it. And that they're screaming at you being extreme then you just need to just try to combat that with like better speech, more calm and rational speech. And if that doesn't work, you're not going to make, make that person rational, but you did the best you can. And for any, anybody looking in, they see that someone is the yelling maniac asshole with a bell and somebody's just trying to talk rationally. <laughs> and it's like, if you didn't want to kind of win an argument, but, or just have a reasonable discussion, I think that is, I, I think it's the best way to kind of have any kind of, um, any kind of discourse and how to debunk things. I'm all for people, the marketplace of ideas, and people just eliminating shit based on being stupid. But we're running out of time here, so it's a bit of a outro here to end our very first episode. Thanks uh, for listening, if you did. Thank you for being a returning listener, if you are, or a new listener. Um, hope you enjoyed the program. Um, any final thoughts, uh, Gummy Bear? Well, this is... Um, this has been really fun. Okay, awesome. Um, oh shit, the, our carrier pigeon just um, arrived here. We have way too much to talk about, so... We do. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about some other stuff next time on our podcast, and the pigeon has a scroll here that says, um, we lost our sponsorship. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Canadian podcast. Bye. Oh, bye. I was going to sing our outro song. So sit down, sit down, sit down. A couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling out the way it won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast today. If you'd like to know more about what we talked about, sources are in the description. And if you'd like to contact us, ask questions, or give feedback or anything, you can email us at canadianpiratecast at gmail.com or follow Beckham Kid on Facebook and Beckham underscore Kid on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page for Canadian Pirate Guests. We appreciate anyone taking the time to talk to us, and that's all in the description. Bye!